When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. When we started the show, I was not anticipating Evan being the oldest man possible in terms of the rules that he put out. And now he's just like, oh, yeah, control your fans. Ban everybody from the postseason. What is going on? That speaks to your lack of preparation more than anything else. <laughs> did you even have fun at college, Wilner? I'm curious. Did you no, even have a beer? No, no. why do you, did even you have, have to a ask? single underage beer the whole time you were there? The yes. answer is clearly no. I <laughs> you say yes. I, I wonder if that's I, true. I had one and I got drunk. One singular one? <laughs> he, he smelled the beer once and. That was enough for him. Hell of a way to start the top of the hour. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. <laughs> Alongside Gabe Neitzel, I'm Joe Fortenball. We appreciate your time today. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. A lot of action. lot of action coming out of Indianapolis, the site of this year's 2024 Scouting Combine. Coaches and general managers meeting with the media today. Everything's on the table. What are the Cowboys going to do with Dak Prescott? What are the Giants going to do at pick number six? What about Sean Payton and the Broncos? And then, of course, there's the team that everybody's waiting on, the team that controls the draft, the Chicago Bears. Pick number one, will it be Caleb Williams? Will they stick with Justin Fields? Will it be someone we haven't already considered? General Manager Ryan Poles met with the media a few hours ago regarding the timeline for when they would like to make a decision as to how to proceed. Take a listen. Tomorrow. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency? Or, or... I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I, mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. Love the fact they want, they want to get moving on this. Love the fact they want to beat free agency. They don't want the market drying up in any sense. But the key to this whole thing, at least the way I'm interpreting this, this is down to A, keeping Justin Fields and trading the pick, or B, trading Justin Fields, keeping the pick, and going with Caleb Williams. I don't see a scenario where they're in this much of a rush to get this done so that they can somehow find a way to evaluate Drake May, Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, possibly Michael Penix, and of course Caleb Williams. If you're coming to Indianapolis and you're telling everyone, we want to get this done as soon as possible, how could that possibly involve evaluations for a minimum of four to five different quarterbacks? It can't. To me, it comes down to, we know what we have in fields. Now we need to see what we've got in Caleb Williams, and we decide from there. Does it strike you the same way, Gabe Neitzel? It does, because if you liked, let's say, two out of those four quarterbacks, you know, you like potentially like Caleb Williams, and you think that Drake May has more potential than Justin Fields, 
then I think you've already traded Justin Fields. Like I think you've already moved on. Like, okay, one of these two guys is probably going to end up being our guy. We can move on from Justin. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to continue to try to do the high wire act of, all right, I can't, I got to make sure I don't say anything bad about Justin, but I right. also have to make sure that I still kind of seem like maybe I'll trade the number one pick because I got to keep the value high for both of these potential things because I may end up trading or I will end up trading one of these two things. So if they liked another quarterback other than Caleb Williams, yeah, then then to me, Justin Fields would have been moved on from already because during the, the course of this week, you'd have the opportunity to meet with all these guys. If you're, if you're going to make a decision this quickly, potentially by the end of the week, it comes down to one guy. Is Caleb Williams your quarterback or is it going to be Justin Fields? I, I don't I don't think they're they're going with Fields. I, and I don't think any of this even has to do with Caleb Williams. I think we have largely misinterpreted what's happening here. When they came out and originally said they want to have this resolved by the combine, I think a lot of us thought, okay, they're going to wait until they can have some serious conversations with Caleb Williams, then they're going to decide. I don't think that's necessarily what's happening here. I think that's part of what's happening here. I think what's really happening is when you get to the combine, all the teams are there. All the representatives are there. All the, more importantly, deal makers are there. And you're basically setting a deadline for all of them, not for you. It's not a deadline for you to make a decision. You're presenting it as that, but you're sending out the signal to everybody else that the deadline for them is the combine because that's when you want to have your final decision. You're selling a house. Everybody's got three days to come through the house, open house Friday, Saturday, Sunday, take a look, tell us what you like, Monday, 7 p.m., best and final offers. And I think that's what the Bears did here. I think they know Fields isn't going to be the guy because the reality of the situation is they have done nothing to endorse Justin Fields since the end of the season. At no point have they come out and told you he's their guy. If you have a quarterback and he's your guy, you endorse him. Kansas City endorses Patrick Mahomes. Philadelphia, in large part, has been endorsing Jalen Hurts. When you've got issues at quarterback or your eyes wandering a little bit, that's when you start to say things like, oh, yeah, we, we really like Justin. He's he's done some really good things. You know, he has a really high ceiling, uh, but, you know, we're still working through the process. That's the nice way of saying, you know, we like you. We just don't love you. And that's what's ultimately happening here. The Bears have set the deadline for everybody else. I think they know it's Caleb Williams, and now they're going to be having the discussions as to what's going to happen with Justin Fields. See, I hear Ryan Poles talk, and I, I, I kind of lean towards them keeping Justin Fields at this point. We know how much he's beloved in that locker room. That was really well said on my behalf, and you didn't even <laughs> let that marinate for a second before you're like, no. you know what? No, none no. of that convinces me. I'm going the other way. Yeah, I saw you throw a jab, and I had to counter back with my own. The right? big like, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, floor's yours. Go ahead. Because I just hear him talk, and I, I, we know how much Justin Fields is beloved in that locker room. Like his, you, you want to talk about an endorsement. His teammates go out of their way to endorse Justin Fields. They seem to think that they have something there. And I think that he, he talks about culture and wanting to build that culture in Chicago. I think he has that in the back of his mind as well. And, I mean... Setting a fee, setting a deadline for Justin Fields, I don't know what that does. I mean, what's the best and final offer going to be? A second round pick if you're lucky. I think if you're if you're setting best and final offers, it's for the thing that actually has a lot of value, a thing that you traded at the end of the combine a year ago, and that's the number one overall pick. I think that's what he's going into this thing with. Like, okay, we've got Justin. Maybe if 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 Caleb does something to blow us away, we'll end up holding on to this thing. 
But the more I hear Poole's talk, the more I think he's leaning towards keeping fields and getting rid of that number one pick and getting more assets to continue to build this team. Can you imagine the Bears sticking with fields, trading to say, I don't know, maybe it's Washington. They come up, they draft Caleb Williams. Williams hits the ground running. He looks solid, right? Let's not say he's he's not perfect. He's not Mahomes or whatever you want to say, but he's solid. It's like this kid's got the goods. And as a rookie with an organization that's building, he, he looks like he's the real deal. And then Justin Fields goes out there next year and completes 61% of his passes and gets dinged up on a couple long runs, so he ends up missing two to three games. And he maybe takes a little step forward under Shane Waldron as his offensive coordinator, but he doesn't take a big step forward. It feels like the Bears are firing everybody at the end of that season, yet again. Does it not? Because if you're not going with Caleb Williams... Everybody in Chicago is watching Caleb Williams moving forward and comparing him to Justin Fields. And Justin Fields has to be better than Caleb Williams every time out. The Bears fan base, though, does seem a little paralyzed by whatever decision they make. Like They are terrified <laughs> if they trade away Justin Fields to Atlanta or Pittsburgh. And what, what, what if Justin Fields blossoms there? And then we take Caleb Williams and he just kind of falls flat on their face. Like, they're Great so desperate. Yeah, they, they, are just, they are terrified of any decision that they make. Like They are going to, whatever they do, whether it's trade the number one pick or trade Justin Fields, they're going to be holding their breath that whatever one they hold on to was the right decision, but also terrified that they did not make the right decision because they haven't made the right decision at quarterback in, I mean, I don't think in my lifetime, I don't think they've ever made a good decision at that position. I thought the trade for Cutler wasn't bad. They took a swing there, they brought him in, Cutler got him to an NFC championship game. Granted, there was a great defense there, I know, but they lost that game to the Packers, but that was the last time we really saw the Bears like deep in the playoffs, right? I mean, since then, there hasn't been a whole lot. Cutler's not a Hall of Famer, but he had some decent moments. Speaking of the idea of trading Justin Fields. General Manager Ryan Poles talked about all that at the Combine. Here's what he said regarding how they would handle the possibility of a trade regarding Justin Fields. If we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, No one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Who's playing the music in the background there, by the way? Uh, Anyone catch that? I'm completely distracted by that Uh, now. Because this is the combine. I heard it on the previous clip, too. (laughs) I I was literally uh, confused by that in the first segment. I didn't hear anything you guys said at the top of the show because I was trying to figure out what Hall & Oates song it was in the clip. Is that who it is, Hall & Oates? The first one was. I don't know who that was, Eric. If you want to play that again, we could try and figure it out. So everybody was doing these press conferences like at the podium. Polls did his... In like the lobby of the hotel, like very oh, of early course. in the morning. Oh, of course, own. God forbid we do what everyone else is doing. So like there was music playing in the lobby of a hotel, and I, I guess this is the song. Do you Play have it again. If what we is go this? down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush. Um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. That, that's Jesse's that a, girl, that's Rick Jesse's Springfield. Girl. Yep. Yeah. I can't take that How franchise about the other seriously. Clip? I can't Come take on. that franchise seriously. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency? I would, or, I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I, mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. 
That's Are we sure that's Jesse's girl? No, that's Hall and Oates. I can't. That I one's Hall and Oates. I can't. I, it's just <laughs> at every turn, Chicago. I want to root for you. I want to like you. I want to believe you're going to get this right. How come you had to do this in a hotel? Everyone knew polls is like the big ticket item at the combine today. He couldn't do this on a podium on the dais. They control. Handman, I'm looking at you. I don't think you have answers. I'm just staring. <laughs> I'm staring a hole right through Handman right now. I just like what are we doing here? They have, they control this offseason. They have the first move of the offseason because they have the number one overall pick and a decision if they want to trade their current quarterback. They, that's the first domino to fall. Like the, the Bears making whatever move they make is the first big domino. How are they not putting him as the first one to talk at the combine? Here's how this ends Caleb Williams is a member of the Washington Commanders, Justin Fields is a member of the Atlanta Falcons, Russell Wilson is starting at quarterback for the Bears next year. And once again, there's no 4,000-yard passer, and there's no 30-touchdown thrower. That's how the the Bears are going to work their way into Russell Wilson. What do you uh, got? It was the logical song, Super Tramp. Not Hall Notes. My bad. I, I, you don't need to apologize. We got to the how bottom of it. How about that? No need to apologize on that one. I want an apology for that. Why are they conducting their press conference like that? It's like, look, I'm not, polls comes down from the hotel room. I'm not walking all the way over there. You people come to me. I'm Mo Green. You don't, I don't interview you. You interview me. All right. That's that. Um, Oh, I forgot about this one. Everybody thinks it's a three horse race when it comes to the quarterback position in the NFL draft. But, and this is something we were kicking around this morning. That's starting to become very interesting. Is there a fourth quarterback that's going to enter the mix, but not as the number four quarterback that's coming up next. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio, including on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. The 2024 NFL Draft on ESPN Radio. Are you ready? Live from the heart of downtown Detroit, Michigan. The Detroit Lions select. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 25th. The NFL Draft is now officially open. The countdown rolls on. The 2024 NFL Draft on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. I 
Uh, yes, we're going to lean into this the rest of the day. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We go live to Indianapolis right now, site of the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine. We're joined by Matt Miller, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst. Matt, we know you're busy. This is your time of year, so we greatly appreciate your time and your accommodations. We're just going to come right out with the question a lot of people have been wondering. How do you rank the top three quarterbacks in this draft class? Yeah, straight answer. Caleb Williams, number one, he's by himself. Jaden Daniels, number two, he's starting to pull away from me. I'll tell you, the closer we get, the, the more I'm starting to pull away on Jaden Daniels. Drake May, number three, with some concerns, but I, I mean, still very you know, capable of being a top three pick in this draft. So where does J.J. McCarthy fit into this? Because it seems like he's becoming more and more of a wild card. Is he your QB4? He is, yeah. He's my number 18 overall player. I had a top 50 drop this morning on ESPN.com. He's my number four quarterback, 18 overall. With a player comp, I think you guys will like this because I know we're, we got to all be close to the same age. Jake Plummer was my J.J. McCarthy Ooh, player comp. Like nice. the dude who's just got a, he's got a whip of an arm, good mobility, kind of a skinnier frame, but... Someone I am a fan of, I think with J.J., it's just we haven't seen him throw the ball a lot. I mean, 27 games as a starter, 26-1 and one record during that time. But this past year, he didn't play in seven fourth quarters because Michigan's just beating the hell out of everyone they play. And so he's a harder player to evaluate because he didn't have to – he didn't have to, like, throw to win a lot of games. But you look at the Ohio State game, look at the Alabama game, I think those were his two best games against two teams that have significant NFL talent on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, so we know that Caleb Williams is in a tier by himself, but when you say there are some concerns with May and you have him third, and then you have McCarthy fourth, how close is McCarthy to May? He's, I mean, I think there's a, a good gap. I really do. And some of that is just, you know, the amount of throws we've seen, the type of offense they played in. Yes, that factors in. Body type is another one. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, I, I want to see what he weighs in at. I mean, there, there's a chance he's going to be 6'2", 200 pounds here, guys. That's not a very big quarterback. His size hasn't been talked about enough as, you know, something that you worry about a little bit. Drake May is going to be 6'4", 230. You know, it's like last year. I remember standing here watching Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stratum, Bryce Young stand by each other. And it looks like, you know, college high school, junior high in terms of the size difference between these guys. And so I think McCarthy this year, that's going to be one of the big questions. With Drake May, so much of what you love about him is also what worries you a little bit. There was a lot of like, you know, he's just flinging it at times. And I don't know exactly what he's being asked to do. That's something I have to learn this week during conversations of how much freedom did he have in this offense? What kind of answers did they try to give him? Um, you know, I think in processing Ability on tape, it looks like, oh, man, he's missing some stuff. Those are the things we we got to figure out during the week of the combine, just as much as we got to measure 40s and put guys through, you know, aptitude tests and physicals. You got to get some of these questions answered about, okay, what was this player really being asked to do and allowed to do out there on the field? So I think May is firmly QB3. I can't imagine anything happening for me that would get J.J. McCarthy to that level, but, but I, I do like both players. Yesterday, Matt, Jordan Renan said that if the right opportunity presents itself, the Giants could draft a quarterback this year. What do you think the right situation for the Giants is? Is it staying pat at six, or is it moving into that top three? 
Uh, well, that's, that feels like a loaded answer, right? Um, <laughs> the right opportunity. Uh, I think the right opportunity would be someone falls to six. You know, to go from six to three is going to get expensive. You know, you're looking at a future one or a future one and a, a bunch of twos. They have two around picks this year. So you're getting rid of those, I would imagine, if you're going from six to three. And then a, a pick next year, maybe a two or a three. So uh, the right opportunity, I think, is, you know, the Patriots don't take someone at three. The Cardinals take a receiver at four. The Chargers take a, you know, non-quarterback, obviously, at five. And someone's there at six. That's probably the right opportunity because no matter what happens at six, Daniel Jones is on the New York Giants roster for one more year. That's just the way the salary cap works. So I, I would feel like the right opportunity means we didn't have to pay a premium to get a player because we're already paying a premium salary for a guy that we kind of messed up on signing a little too early. Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your home and auto. Save when you bundle. Get a quote at Progressive.com. Matt Miller, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, live from Indianapolis at the 2024 Scouting Combine. Joining Gabe Neitzel and Joe Fortenball here, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Uh, You had a very interesting take last week regarding the New England Patriots in pick number three. The idea of standing pat with Mac Jones and putting some weapons around him, building around him, giving him a chance to succeed. So how do you think the Patriots should handle pick number three then? Do you use that pick on someone like Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison, or do you possibly trade back, try to stack up more assets, and go out and build out the team? Yeah, first, let, please let me defend myself. I do not think they should roll with Mac Jones. I just don't think they should draft the quarterback at three. I, got I mean, it. You know, you got, you got Bailey Zappi there cheap. You bring in a veteran. I just don't feel like this roster is in a good place to support a rookie quarterback, especially – a rookie quarterback that's probably going to be Drake May because Caleb Williams is going to go first. I think great chance as ready to come in and lift up a roster like C.J. Stroud did last year or like Joe Burrow did in Cincy. I don't see him as that type of player in terms of readiness. So I think you do call the New York Giants. You call the, the Raiders. You call the Vikings and say, okay, what is, what is an attractive trade back? Going from three to six, if you can pick up three second round picks in the next two years, and you're still getting, a, you know, one of the great wide receivers in this class or the best left tackle in this class in Joe Alt, to me that is more valuable for New England to understand the board and say, let's trade back from three to six. Give me three extra second round picks. We'll take Joe Alt. We'll lock up a left tackle for a decade plus, and in the second round we'll get Bo Nix from Oregon to be that quarterback that's ready to play right now and will get a wide receiver. You know, they would have, they would have three second round picks at that point to where you could get a quarterback, you could get a wide receiver, you could get a defensive playmaker, and you walk out of here with four picks in the top 40 and four potential starters on a really, really bad roster that really, I mean, defensively, I know statistically they performed well. I will be anxious to see if that continues without Bill Belichick there. Um, but this is a roster that, really is in need of some youth and a lot of speed on both sides of the ball. Marvin Harrison Jr., one of the highest-ranked non-quarterbacks I know coming into this draft. What do you make the, of the way he's gone through this process of not showing up for the combine and reportedly not having a pro day? Yeah, so some of the reporting on that, I think, was worded a little poorly. He, he will be in Indianapolis. He's not skipping the combine. He's going to go through the, the interview process. He's going to go through the medical process. And as much as we love the 40-yard dash and three-cone times, the combine was started for the medical 
interview. So he's going to be here to do that. He's going to stand on his years of tape. Um, I think what's interesting is he hasn't hired an agent, neither has Caleb Williams. And, you know, but he, he has a dad who's an NFL Hall of Famer. He has a lot of people in his camp that have been through this process, and, can, and he can say, I'm going to stand on what I did at Ohio State for two years. Even if he doesn't want to work out at a pro day, I'm okay with that to say, uh, and I believe this is the message that we will actually get from Marvin Harrison Jr.'s camp when it's coming from them and not through, quote-unquote, you know, sourcing, is that I want to get ready for my first NFL football game. Running a 40-yard dash, you, you've watched me do it on tape, you have my GPS numbers, you know, what, you, you know the background, you know the lineage. There aren't really many questions about him as a prospect that can't be answered by watching the tape. He played at a high level every year at Ohio State against great competition. So I see it as, and if, if they're listening to us today, I would say, tell us about teams. Write it Sounds like we're losing Matt at the end, but we appreciate the time. Evan, let him know. Thank you so much. He's extremely busy there at the Combine in Indianapolis, but he was kind enough to take some time out of that schedule to share some insights with us. Matt Miller, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. All right. The Dallas Cowboys obviously have a lot to do this offseason. Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb, that's just the tip of the iceberg. But there is one move they could make that absolutely could be the difference for them next season. We're going to share that with you next. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. And that's all coming up after I tell you about this from our friends at Indeed, where it's the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates. And there's no better way to do that than through Indeed. The hiring platform makes it easy to attract screen and interview candidates all in the same place. And their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Nix the hassle. Start hiring at indeed.com slash credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, gave out one yesterday. Keegan Murray of the Sacramento Kings to go over 13 and a half points. Handman, how many points did he finish with? Keegan Murray, do you remember? Uh, 28. 28. We didn't have to sweat that one. It was nice. That was a nice one last night. 
We're still down. I want to make that very clear. We are still down lifetime on the show, but we are trying to claw our way back piece by piece. So we turn our attention again tonight to the association. You may have heard of this gentleman. His name is Steph Curry, and we're going to bet him to go over 27 and a half points. Now he's averaging 27.7 on the season. So the prop is right on his average. So why would we say he's going to go over tonight of all nights? I want you to go back to Sunday and look at the game he played against the Nuggets. He shot 6 of 19 from the field. That's 31%. It's well below his season average. From three-point range, he was 1 of 10. Way below his season average. He's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. When you look at mathematics and statistics and you talk about regression to the mean, there are indicators that Steph will have a better night tonight than he had on Sunday as a result of what happened Sunday. And we're going to bet on that regression tonight. Pizza Money number one, Steph Curry over 27 and a half points. All right, let's get to work here. So Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL insider yesterday, reported that the Giants, Raiders, and Cowboys do not plan on using their franchise tags on running backs Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard, meaning all three of them are headed for unrestricted free agency where they can sign with anyone they want, including the teams that they currently play for. Now, the Titans don't plan on tagging Derrick Henry as well, and Austin Eckler is expected to become a free agent after spending his career with the Los Angeles Chargers. The focus here is on Saquon Barkley because he's the crown jewel of the running back class. Joe Shane, Giants general manager, speaking to the media at the scouting combine in Indianapolis today, had this to say about Barkley. We have you know, Saquon Barkley, which we're going to talk to his representatives this week. There, there's nothing new on that front. You know, the conversation, the plan all along was to meet here in Indy and have those discussions about you know, how we're going to move forward with him. He's a guy we'd like to have back. So those conversations will take this week and will you know, take place this week, and we'll see if we can get something done. All right, Gabe Knight, so let's start with this. What's the likelihood that the Giants and Saquon Barkley continue their relationship? Do you see him back with Big Blue next year? I really don't. I think the likelihood of it happening has to be low because if they really wanted Saquon there long-term, they've had two off-seasons now. They had last off-season and now this upcoming off-season to reach some sort of deal with Saquon Barkley. It doesn't seem likely at this point that they've got bigger fish to fry. They need to figure out their quarterback position. They've got other things they need to figure out. So I think Saquon just kind of becomes a casualty of that. And it's probably best for both sides that Saquon Barkley goes and tries to figure out and play the rest of his career elsewhere. Barkley has been a very loyal soldier. He's produced very well for the Giants, but now that he's headed to the open market and teams can get involved, yes, there are several running backs out there, so the supply is quite high, but he's the best of the bunch. And if you get one or two teams involved, the Giants can get involved in a bidding war. I don't see them winning. And I think ultimately that's going to be the determining factor. So I agree with you. I do not see Barkley back with the Giants. That now lends itself to the following question. If there's a team out there that should make a serious, aggressive push to bring in Saquon Barkley. Who do you think that team should be? I think I look at a team that continues to struggle in the postseason, that wants to try to put themselves over the top, put themselves in the conversation of the elite teams in their conference. Despite winning their division this year, they still struggled in the playoffs. And part of that was... Because they decided to franchise tag a running back that didn't work out for them in Tony Pollard. I think the Dallas Cowboys need to go in for 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 Barkley. Because oh, in division. Barkley ends up in the NFC East, but not with the Giants. First of all, juicy, Woo! because yes, he ends up going to the Cowboys. Second of all, I mean, Dak had a pretty good year. 
but they still need to add to that team. I like what they have in CeeDee Lamb. Jake Ferguson kind of stepped up, emerged a little bit at the tight end position for the Cowboys this year. They need a little bit more of a running game. And look, the running game was pretty bad this year for the Dallas Cowboys. They just couldn't not establish any consistency. And Mike McCarthy doesn't really need a reason to give up on the running game. But when you have the, the, the running backs and some of the things that happened in Dallas this year, it was easier for him to give up on that running game. But you put Saquon Barkley back there, it just gives them another dimension of, hey, we don't need to give up on the run. We need to make sure we're getting this guy more involved. We need to make sure we're getting this guy touches, whether it's running, whether it's passing the football to him. I think that makes them even more dynamic on offense where you know they need to have that a little bit. And I think the Dallas Cowboys should be the team that's going all in to go out and get Saquon Barkley to put themselves over the top of the San Francisco 49ers of the Green Bay Packers in that NFC. I mean, it's not Troy, Emmett, and Michael, but Dak, Saquon, and CD is pretty solid. Like, that is a nice little triumvirate right there for the offense. Of course, Mike McCarthy's still coaching them, and I don't know if Saquon Barkley can come in and manage the two-minute drill, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. That could be very helpful. That would be an offense with quite a bit of firepower. And if you can control the game on the ground and run the ball effectively, which is something Dallas struggled with last year at times, because Pollard's a nice running back. He's not an every-down running back. We they, learned, they learned that. that the hard way. That, the hard way. That body took a beating, and then late in the season, there wasn't a whole lot to offer. The beauty of the running game is it can stem the bleeding. Any situation where you're jammed up, if you can run the ball and run the ball effectively, you can slow everything down. You can get your defense rested on the sidelines. You can control the tempo of the game. You can control the clock. You can move the sticks. You can set up the play-action game. You can take the pressure off of your quarterback. Running the ball is extremely important in the NFL. It's just not as sexy as it used to be because the passing game has become so much more enticing. Dallas is an interesting candidate. I like where your head's at. I've got one that came to mind as soon as I heard Saquon was going to be a free agent. It was the first team, and I haven't wavered on this because I think it's the perfect move. Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are not in a situation where it's time to dance and try to figure out what the future looks like. The future's now. They have been wildly disappointing in the postseason in the Lamar Jackson era. Everyone tried to say going into this year's postseason, a lot of that was unfair. A lot of that was Jackson when he was younger. It's not necessarily on him. Fine. But this year, they flopped again. They weren't impressive at all. They hosted that game against Kansas City. Their game plan stunk. They had no in-game adjustments. They came unglued. They came unraveled. They were undisciplined. And they embarrassed themselves. And they exited the playoffs. And that was that. Another Baltimore playoff failure. They've got an elite defense. There's not a lot of work that needs to be done there. They've got elite special teams. There's not a lot of work that needs to be done there. The franchise quarterback is signed. The tight end, the wide receivers are taken care of. They've got a top five offensive line. They are where they need to be. The problem is at the running back position, the guys continue to get hurt. If you add Saquon Barkley, who can catch the ball coming out of the backfield, to Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, Isaiah Likely, who emerged as a very good tight end, Zay Flowers, Odo Beckham Jr. I mean, there you go. At least you've pushed your chips into the center and said, we're going for it. This is our last stand. And that is something I can get behind. I think Saquon Barkley in Baltimore gives opposing defenses a nightmare scenario for how to try to slow those guys down. It's harder to have single-digit rushing attempts in the second half with your running backs if, if Saquon Barkley's your back. You would think. It's, 
It's easier to do when you're turning around and going, I, well, I mean, we signed Dalvin Cook at the end of the season. Want to give him a couple of carries? Easier to give up in that situation. If you've got Saquon back there, I think that makes it a more balanced team. You're relying less on Lamar. Now, clearly you still want Lamar to do the things with his legs. That's part of what makes him special. But you're taking pressure off of, well, our running game is Lamar Jackson. No, you want to take some of that pressure off of him. That also makes a ton of sense to me. And keeps them in that conversation of one of the best teams in the AFC. If you are competing with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need every ace up your sleeve you can find. The Ravens making a move for Saquon Barkley could be the move that gives them enough to get past. At the very least, it should keep them at the top of the AFC North, which is getting more competitive by the minute as Pittsburgh looks to upgrade the quarterback position, as Cincinnati is bringing back T. Higgins and getting a healthy Joe Burrow, and as the Cleveland Browns continue to be a force. 11 wins with five different quarterbacks last season. If your team happens to be looking to acquire a star-wide receiver via free agency or trade this offseason, good luck because two of the top candidates that were possibly headed for the market don't appear to be available. You're going to hear that next. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. They said what? What? I have to believe one and one is three. I, I can't. I can't uh, operate where one and one is two. They said what? A lot of great sound bites coming out of Indianapolis at the 2024 Scouting Combine. So the perfect opportunity for us to bring back. They said what? We'll give you a clip and we will react. I take fashion. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the Vikings general manager, when asked if the team would ever consider trading wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Quasi, along the lines of things being thrown out about Justin, maybe some that are false, is there a world where you would ever consider making him available to create a trade? That is not something that's once crossed my mind. Um, you got a blue player, a blue person, uh, you try and keep those, as many of those as you can. Gabe, what do you make of that? Do you think Minnesota would even entertain the idea of trading Justin Jefferson? Well, I mean, I think they would entertain the idea, but this is the right way to go about it. I don't think they should entertain it. He's still young. It's not like it's he's going to be going into his third contract, fourth contract. No, they're going to give him a bunch of money. He's still incredibly young, the most productive wide receiver out there, despite not having a quarterback and knowing who your quarterback is going into 2024. This makes no sense. You hold on to that guy, you build the offense around him. It's always the most fascinating thing to me that this time of year is all about putting in an extraordinary, extraordinary amount of work, assessing tape, 
watching tape, talking to players, interviewing candidates, players, family members, everything, doing background checks, doing medical checks, so you can find the best possible players, only so that a few years down the road, they can turn out to be awesome, and then you think to yourself, well, I don't want to pay them, so let's trade them for assets. What are you doing? It never made sense to me that the Raiders wanted to trade Khalil Mack. But look at what we got in return. You turned those picks into nothing. And then you fired everybody. And then you fired all the people after that. Like when you have, and, and Adolfo Mensa mentions it like this. He calls him a blue player. That means a blue chip player. Yeah. Blue chip prospects, those guys are the best. When you have a blue chip player, that means he's one of the best three guys at that position. When you have those players, you pay them. Otherwise, why are you even in this business? Well, it what's makes the point? no sense. Yeah, I'm going to spend all this work trying to identify the best players so I can draft them. They can make me look right, and then I can trade them away before we do anything like win. It, 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 mind-boggling to me. Tom Telesco, Raiders general manager, when asked about the possibility of trading wide receiver Devontae Adams. Uh, he's a Raider. And that's that. And that's that. He's a Raider. So you got to figure if you're a Jets fan and you were holding out hope that the Jets could swing a deal for Devontae Adams, reuniting him with Aaron Rodgers, uh, it looks like that's not going down. Well, it, true, but also, you know, that's more of a present tense thing. You know, it could be a past tense thing. I, I don't think he's straight out denied it. Just said right now he's a Raider. That's all. It, this one makes more sense to me if you were to trade him because when you look around and you're the Raiders, I mean, Devontae Adams isn't a young player like Justin Jefferson is. He's past 30 at this point, still one of the best wide receivers in the league. But at this point, for you, it probably makes more sense to have some of those assets to try to build up what you have. Now, if you have Devontae Adams, you end up with a young quarterback. Devontae Adams can be that guy's best friend. But I think at this point, you might be better off having whatever assets you can acquire. Let's just pick a team, like you said, like the Jets may be willing to give you for Devontae Adams. Imagine trading Devontae Adams and then drafting a quarterback. Good good luck, kid. Maybe one day we can find you a really good wide receiver like... Devontae Adams. I mean, it's, it's kind of what... I mean, he's not on the same level as Devontae, but it's exactly what Carolina did. Yeah. yeah he's away their, their best wide receiver and then drafted a quarterback. And it's going pretty well in Carolina. They, they, did, not, <laughs> they did not go winless last year. They did win some games. Falcons head coach Raheem Morris at the Combine when talking about last year's quarterback play in Atlanta. If we had better quarterback play last year in Atlanta, I might not be standing here. <laughs> very honest. I love it. True. Very, very honest. Spoken? No, because if, if they had better quarterback play, they don't fire the previous regime. And Raheem Morris isn't there. Very obvious. Everybody knows what they're going after. And that was a very clever way to say, hey, we need better quarterback play. That, that I'm telling you, that team is 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl next year. But if they get competent quarterback play, if they get slightly above average quarterback play, they are going to catch everyone's attention. They've got plenty of weapons on offense. Raheem Morris is a solid coach. He's a solid coach with a lot of experience. The defense is better than people realize. They were a really solid red zone defense last year. They fell apart towards the end of the season. I think people look at them and they saw the Desmond Ritter games and they thought this team stinks. They do not stink. You get competent quarterback play in there. They could turn around and pop in a hurry. 50 to 1 is going to be long gone if they address the quarterback position and bring somebody in. Bears general manager Ryan Poles at the Combine today talking about Caleb Williams and whether or not they should be worried that the top prospect might not want to play for the Bears. No, no, no concerns about that at all. I, I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think 
um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it. The infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if, if Justin were to stay here as well. I mean, there was a time when we were debating whether or not Williams would tell the Bears thanks but no thanks. Do you think that's even on the table at this point? I guess it still could be. My guess is it's not, though, because otherwise it would still be we would hear that noise right now. His camp would make it very obvious to everybody that he does not want to be in Chicago. I think that story has disappeared because it wasn't much of a story to begin with. Now, if you're Ryan Poles, I I guess you have to be a little bit concerned, but those concerns are going to be quashed once you talk with him at the Combine. You know, you're going to know that answer in 24 to 48 hours, whether or not he wants to be there or not. And if, if, if you absolutely loved him and you wanted him to be the guy, I guess I would have been a little bit concerned, but obviously Poles is not. I mean, everything I just said about Atlanta, take it and apply it to Chicago. People are, are very fixated on what they're going to do at the quarterback position, and rightfully so. It's the most popular position. They're the number one pick in the draft. There's a lot to talk about there. But lurking beneath the surface is a team that's ready to take a huge step forward. If you look at their defense from Week 12 on last season, they were top three in the NFL in defensive efficiency. They've got a ton of money they can spend in free agency to address the offensive line, bring in another wide receiver, bulk up that offense in terms of weapons. They got the number one pick, they got the number nine pick. And if they draft Caleb Williams, they've got a franchise quarterback on a rookie contract that will keep them flexible financially for the next few years and they also have the number nine pick in the draft and they would trade fields and get more picks the bears could pop you're a green bay packers fan are you at all worried about anything i just laid out probably Uh, not no um (laughs) not even a little bit because that's assuming the bears make all the right decisions and well i mean they haven't really done that in my lifetime the bears are the bears gabe neitzel you have been fantastic stepping in for the big man we thank you for that He's scheduled to be back tomorrow. Thanks to everyone for listening today. Carlin versus Joe right here. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.